0: and we are making our way now to March Madness, the Sweet Sixteen. A uh, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bitter sweet sixteen right now. Once once the action gets going and it all gets underway, I'll I'll be fine. Hey, I mean, I I had to get through the Packers, and I'm still a Manchester United fan, so it's it's not like it's not like I haven't been kicked and bloodied like this before as a fan. But uh, quite, quite a wild first couple rounds. We're going to start mm-hmm. with the East region. We're going to kind of break down what, what, what we saw from each region, of course, make our picks in the Final Four. Um, but, yes, let's start in the East region. Kind of the most forward of the four regions so far, Michigan, Alabama, and Florida State all advancing to the, uh, to the Sweet 16. The one surprise and their Sweet 16, UCLA, which really got there because of Abilene Christian's upset over Texas. Um, I saw something on Bleacher report, I believe it was that Haveling Christian's president said that the win over Texas has already made their university. like I, I feel like it wasn't hundred million dollars, but it might have been 100, an absurd amount of money. Like that's how much the upset has done for Abilene Christian
1: damn good for you abilene christian screw texas also i i don't want to say like i called it because i still picked texas to win but I, I remember i said abilene christian's got this defense but like we'll see how they hold up against real competition but i i had a feeling that they could upset texas this this region was the most straightforward for me for sure like the maryland upset of yukon i mean you called that one and the abilene christian one while it was crazy was also like yeah you know texas has had its troubles and uh that happens. Fourteen seeds win, so <clears throat> I uh, think it looks good. And Alabama and Michigan, they look good.
0: He said one hundred and twenty million. So I oh was underscoring it with a hundred, and I haven't. I didn't like read the article. I didn't know what he what like the specifics were on how they made this one hundred twenty million. But wow, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty straightforward. Even like both four and five seeds winning. Um, I, this was the only region where. Where that happened where both four and fives went. Um and and really the only region with, like I said, with one team that's like not supposed to be there. Even when we go and look at the West, like technically Creighton as the five seed, shouldn't be there. Like the four seed is the one that's supposed to be there. So um yeah, the most straightforward one so far. Uh who has been your best player in this region so far?
1: Um, you know, I think for me, Michigan and Alabama are the best teams, but their teams are so like like They've had well-rounded games, so I don't know if I would say one player, for me, has dominated anything, um, but I love Johnny Yuzang out of UCLA. He's he's my best player of that region. I mean, Jaime ha- ha- Jaquez Jr. has been really good, too, for UCLA, but Johnny Yuzang's been straight up balling. He's been their shot caller, 23 points in the play-in game, 17 points first round, 27 points getting them to Sweet 16. I mean, he helped them make this first four run to this part of the tournament, and uh, yeah, he's going to be the reason that they that they have a possible upset uh, if if they can get to it. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. But you know, hey, if Johnny Usain gets hot, he can he can take on Alabama getting hot. So I, I think that he's just been a really good player. Uh, and we were wondering who would step up for UCLA, and he's the guy. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to keep watching him play.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I had the same player, and, and and mostly too, I think it was for the same reasons. Michigan, Alabama, even Florida State really was doing it by committee. I mean, it was everyone was just showing up for for all those teams and playing well, uh, while using kind of he, he set himself apart. Uh, you mentioned it twenty two point three points per game through these first three games has UCLA back into the Sweet Sixteen, uh, helping which we'll get into a little bit later the 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 Pac twelve dominance. That has been the case so far in this early tournament. Uh, not not quite what we all expected, but yeah. I mean, it, the guard play for UCLA has been terrific in this tournament, and the defense, or at least for the last two and a half games of the tournament, and and the defense, the same way. I mean, that first half against Michigan State, they were getting blown out. They weren't playing defense. They weren't the guards weren't playing well. And and since that first half, defense is, has has uh, amped it up. The guard play has been a lot better, and that's how you can win and pull off upsets in, in this tournament. If they play defense like they can, make those three-point shots difficult for Alabama, and the guards can you know, get hot against a tough Bama defense, that's how you make a run. Um, but, yeah, Johnny Yuzang, I, I totally agree, the East Region MVP so far. All right, let's make our picks. Who do you have advancing to the Elite Eight and moving on to the Final Four?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to stick with my pick to advance to the Final Four. Uh, So I have Alabama just being too hot for UCLA from deep again, probably getting them from the three-point shot. Uh, So they they, uh, set up a match. I do have Michigan losing to Florida State, though. I think both teams have been good. I don't think Michigan's shown me that they've gotten over the loss of Isaiah Livers just yet. Um, so I think this is going to hurt them here. I think Florida State grabs what I you know, the upset win or whatever you say, even though I think Florida State is neck and neck with Michigan in terms of play. So it's going to be Alabama Florida State and I just I love this Alabama team. Of all the teams that I had hopes for doing well, uh they've kind of like shown me they can do it for so many different ways. Um yeah, so I I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama getting to the final 4 uh from this region.
0: How many how many of your original final 4 picks are still in it?
1: Alabama and Gonzaga are still in it.
0: Nice, that's not bad.
1: That's half. You yeah, know, that, that's solid. That's, that's solid. I, I hey. think I had, I had, uh, I had, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. I had West Virginia, and then I also had, hey. uh, I had West Virginia, and I had who else? The Buckeyes. There? The Buckeyes. Yes, I had the mm-hmm. Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those are the teams I had. Obviously, one upsetting, and the other one even more upsetting. So there you go. Um, so yeah, but, uh, I have Alabama. Who do you got coming out of this? I I think I know, but who do you have?
0: Well, you know, it was, it, it is one of those things where like it, I feel like since the team I picked originally, like you said, is still in it, it's hard for me to be like, well, I'm not going to pick them. And I Florida state hasn't done anything to dissuade me. Don't not pick them. I, I think, like you said, without livers, I think this is when it really does. I mean, LSU gave them a really good game. I picked LSU to beat them. Um, and, and LSU certainly had every chance in that game. I think Michigan's size really did help them in that one, and they won't have that benefit against Florida State. Florida State's a really, really big team, so I got Florida State winning that one. And then, yeah, I mean, Alabama was just—they can just get so hot, and, and they play such good defense. I just don't think UCLA has has the like I said, if they play a really, really good defense and the guards get their shots against Alabama's good, it's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. So I got I got Bama going on and then I, I'll, I'll stick with my florida state team um I, I think again their size i think will help them a little bit and uh get leonard hamilton i think i just want leonard hamilton to get to the final four although it would be alabama's first final four
1: there you go and uh i mean how annoying would it be that alabama is so far in in two sports but you know at the right. same time they deserve it they deserve it in this in basketball for sure
0: it is it is interesting we have a, a massive florida state alabama basketball game that is not, yeah. <laughs> that is not a, a sentence that has been said very many times throughout the history of sports uh, for, for one way or another. But, uh, yeah, this this region, it, it should be a fun one. Um, and I think, like we said, it's kind of been the most straightforward one. We'll see if that continues. We'll see if UCLA can, can cause a little bit of mayhem themselves. Let's go to the Midwest region now, Jan. Uh, the last region was the most straightforward. The Midwest, easily the craziest. Woo! Only the two-seed Houston is the only seed that's supposed to be here. They barely beat Rutgers. They only won by two. They it, This was literally almost just all double-digit seeds in Loyola. It's, you got 11-seed Syracuse. You got 12-seed Oregon State. That's right. I told y'all Loyola was going to beat them. I was a bitch, and I changed it from my bracket, but I still said it on the podcast, so it counts. And that's more proof anyway because nobody would believe me if I said I had it on my podcast or on my bracket. I have literal recording proof that the Ramblers were going to win. But just chaos in the Midwest. I heard a a stat earlier from CBS. The average seed for the Sweet 16 this year is 5.88, which is the highest average seed uh, ever in the Sweet 16. The the previous one was, I believe, uh, 1986, and I think it was like 5.6 something. Um, So this is statistically the craziest Sweet 16 we've ever had in the Midwest region kind of uh, embodies that more so than any of the other ones.
1: Right. I mean, the Midwest region is the reason for it. Like past this, I think Oral Roberts is the only other school that puts that number really up. Um, and yeah, it, it's crazy what's happened here with Loyal to Chicago, with Syracuse. I mean, we'll talk, I'll talk about them a little more. Um, Oregon State, I, I had a feeling Oregon State was going to make a run with how well they did in the Pac-12 and how good the Pac-12 has been doing in this tournament. So I had a feeling that they're better than we expected as well. Um, and, yeah, shout-out to Quentin Grimes in Houston. I mean, of all the teams I expected to get upset, Houston's Houston was, like, the biggest of them. Um, Same. So
0: I was like, I, no way I Houston didn't... makes it out. And, of course, they're the one team out of all the bloodshed.
1: Right. And Quentin Grimes is doing is a big reason for that. So I uh, I give him props uh, for, you know, gotta gotta put put uh, the money when your mouth is and I and I apologize to for uh, you know, I don't I'm not saying they're gonna get out of this, but you know, they're there and they deserve to be there for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it absolutely do. It's interesting you say that about Oregon State because while Oregon State has continued their their conference championship success, that hasn't really been the case across the board. Um, Georgia Tech. Of course, Georgia Tech had a really tough first game, but Georgia Tech getting knocked out. Georgetown getting knocked out. Um, of course, Illinois getting knocked out. Um, so it's one of those times, again, where it sometimes the conference championship success passes over. Sometimes it doesn't. But the Pac-12, I mean, shit, let's talk about it while we're while we're here. The Pac-12, the surprise of the tournament. The, a team, a conference that only got five bids, their highest one, getting a five seed as opposed to the Big Ten, who had two number one seeds, two number two seeds, and now only has one team in the Sweet 16. Uh, how do you take all that? In? I mean, what's, what's your kind of thoughts on on all that coming in? Because from, from my perspective, I think it's really easy to look at it and be like, oh, well, the Big Ten was really overrated and the Pac-12 was really underrated. And I think that's just a, a way too simple way to kind of describe what happened and and like it, it's just too broad broad of a stroke in my opinion. And I think I think the NCAA is mar- far more about the micro kind of things that happen in the matchups and such and such. And I think it I I personally think it more just played out this way. Like yes, the Pac-12 was clearly better. I, I still think the Big Ten is the best conference. Um, I, I just think it's too easy to be like oh well we were all wrong.
1: Right. I mean. You know, Big 12, too, not not that the Big 12 has not been as disappointing as the Big 10, but you look if you just look at it, it seems like, oh, the Pac-12 is the best conference. Obviously, look at all these teams. Um, but I, that's not the case. I mean, the, I, the truth is, the two things that people are saying, right? The two things that are, people are saying are, oh, you know, either the Big 10 is overrated or the Pac-12 uh, didn't, you know, didn't get enough love. And I don't know if either of those things are true. I just think the Pac-12 we got to see less of them big 10. We were watching every single day and, and we were watching them beat up on each other and we were watching the big 12 beat up on each other. And so we had an idea of who these teams were. And I think with the pack 12, there were a lot more cancellations. There were a lot more things up in the air for a lot of these teams. And I think it's just a, a, it's just a, like they just, a lot of these teams found themselves going into the tournament. Like when you get hot in March, you win in March, and I think these teams. A lot of UCLA LA looks like they found themselves in March. Oregon State looks like they kind of found themselves, and and uh, and same even, even
0: UCLA, even UCLA. Like you look at UCLA's run, they beat a BYU team that. I'm not trying to take any away from BYU, not the best sixth seed in the world. And then they beat Abilene Christian. Like I like even that is like one of those things where it's like oh UCLA's in the Sweet 16. Like yeah, but who who did they beat? I, like the Michigan State win in the Plan game might be their most impressive win. Uh, which was, I know yeah. is, I know that doesn't help the Big Ten argument in this thing, but like that's the the whole point of like you can't just look at it as like a whole. You don't know how the other pieces are going to fall. You don't know what's going to happen here, and 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 it's just like it's Sometimes it's just matchup, and also we call it March Madness for a reason. Like right, it, there's there's no way in the world anybody thinks Oral Roberts is is a better basketball team than Ohio State. They're not, but they were better that day and they earned the victory, and that. That's why this tournament rocks, because you get one chance. And if you're on, you can beat anybody. You really can.
1: Right. I agree. And I also think Pac-12 had a lot less expectation going in. So I think we're looking at this. and Right. That, you know, I mean, that
0: helps, too. Like, when you're all the higher seed. I do think – and I think the – I agree with you. I think for the most part, Pac-12 got the right amount of, of respect. I do think there, there were some – clearly some under-seeding um, – going on there i mean the way oregon played so well against iowa the way usc destroyed kansas like that some of that isn't just like oh this team was on this team was off like some of that is like that team shouldn't be like layola chicago shouldn't have been an eight seed either so not not the not the best work by the seeding department this year who's your who's your best player in in the midwest region jan
1: Oh, so many fun players to pick from, but I got to go with Buddy Boehm! Buddy Boehm! Nice.
0: We got the same player twice in a row. I love that.
1: Yeah. Well, hell yeah. 30 points in game one to upset San Diego State, and then he follows it up with 25, which had 22 points uh, in the second half in their upset win over West Virginia. Uh, love to see the story, father and son making their way to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, Syracuse is annoying as hell, but good for them. Good for Buddy. Happy, happy, Happy to... Happy to watch him play this well, and uh, we'll see what they can do
0: next. I love. I've always loved Q's. I don't know why, but I always have. I've loved them, and yeah, I got I got uh, Buddy as well. I Think you mentioned Quentin Grimes. Of course, he's been great. Could have easily put you know the big man Cameron Crutwig here, but it kind of already gave him some love last episode. So I uh, so I went with Buddy Bayham as well. Um, and you mentioned he's he's just been killing it for Syracuse as of late. Even even before the tourney, he was he did was killing it in the ACC tournament. Doing really well towards the end of the season, like a guy who's just found his shot and found his offensive game, and he brings a it, it's it's a different sort of coach's son leadership. Uh, it, it, it's but he he brings this this leadership and this swagger uh, to this team that that they play with so much confidence, especially with when he's playing with confidence. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I got Betty Behan as the best player so far in the Midwest. Make our way to the picks. I'll go first. Defense certainly the calling card in these matchups. Uh, in the first one, I am going to take the the experience in the Ramblers. I, I Oregon State to me, maybe even more so than Oral Roberts has has been the surprise team in this Sweet 16. I like I can't I can't believe I'm seeing Oregon State in the NCAA tournament. Let alone getting really good wins. Um, but Loyola Chicago is not a team that's going to take them lightly. They're going to come prepared, and and their defense is just so tough. So I got the Ramblers moving on. And then I'm, I'm, I think, buddy, and that and that Syracuse defense get the upset over Houston. I guess I'm just going to keep on being a, a hater on Houston. And then I think the length and and that zone of of Q's is going to be too much for Loyola. And I got Jim Beheim and the 11 seeded Q's going to the, to Beheim's sixth sixth Final Four.
1: Love that! Wow, very different picks, but I do love that. I have uh, Loyola Chicago versus Houston in the Elite Eight. I I think that. Uh, I'm going to give love where I didn't give love to Houston earlier. I think they've, they've shown a lot of defensive skill um, and I think, you know, they can do some good things against Syracuse. So I, I have them winning Loyola Chicago, you know, be a good matchup, but Loyola Chicago is the better team. And uh, you know, you know, it's March madness. And sometimes you got to stick with some tenants and one tenant of March madness, Matt, you don't mess with sister Jean. You don't mess with sister Jean. You don't, so Loyola Chicago, you're going to the Final Four to play Baylor. Congratulations!
0: <laughs> Dude, the the world, or at least America, has not cared so much about a nun since like Mother Teresa. Yeah, seriously, people love Sister Jean. If, if, if Porter Moser, <laughs> yeah, seriously, if Porter Moser takes Loyola to another Final Four, and some big school doesn't like go and make sure they get him right now, then they're they're idiots. Two final fours in four years, too. Like not even just that. Like they, and two final fours in the last three tournaments. I'm just, I, I should be his hype man. Uh, yes, a, a a wild Midwest region. We both have a, a high seed going on, which i There's better chances that a high seed will go to the final four than a low seed. It's it's literally just Houston representing the favorites. So uh, a, a region that has a lot of chance for more chaos to to ensue, and hopefully. It does. Y'all, let's take a little March Madness break and head into the octagon. UFC 260 this weekend. Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou, the rematch for the heavyweight title. Uh, the, the first kind of big news coming out of, of UFC 260 is unfortunately some bad news. Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega will not be fighting for the featherweight title this weekend as Volkanovski, pardon me, um, uh, had a positive COVID test. Um. So you know, commend the UFC for staying vigilant in that fight, making sure they're they're keeping the fighters and and everyone else. That's I mean, because it isn't just the fighters. There's there's the people that are you know the camera crews and and take it takes a lot of people to put on something like that. So I you know commend them for for staying vigilant in that fight. Certainly, still disappointing for us viewers, though.
1: Yeah, you know course we want to see all fighters fighting healthy and it always sucks when that can't happen but yeah like you said they did a good job wishing the best of Volkanovski. you never know how these things um are hitting certain people so hopefully it's nothing too serious uh and or- Ortega had a great uh had a great response you know he said you know get healthy don't worry we'll come back to this um and I love that too uh so you know un- unfortunate but luckily this this card is this card's got a couple other fights I want to see. So, not the end of the world.
0: Yes, it helps. It helps. And, and honestly, you know, if we had to lose a title fight in this card, I, I would probably choose the, the featherweight bout. Uh, let's talk about some of those other fights before we get to the big one. It uh, We start with O'Malley, Almedia. Sean O'Malley suffered a disappointing first loss in his last fight, getting KO'd by Marlon Bear in the first round. Uh, certainly a good matchup for him to to be coming to be looking for a bounce back vi- victory thomas Almedia started his career twenty one and oh he is one in four in his last five fights not a guy that that's really susceptible to submissions but but i think he he is just i mean when you just start getting into that kind of losing as a fighter that that's that's such a tough kind of thing to to break um especially after starting your career twenty one and oh, and then having this this kind of uh tough hill and uh, to, to overcome um so uh, it's, it's not an easy opponent in that sense for o'malley um because he, he is good on the ground good at grappling and stuff but i do think sean o'malley gets the win uh and, and bounces back from that first loss
1: oh i'm in on o'malley baby o'malley coming back baby I, <laughs> he needs really, he
0: needs to he had a bad he had a bad fight i mean like he got worked last time
1: yeah it sucked you know and uh you know he got fought really his, well like,
0: coming, his big coming out party like he was like one of those names, everyone's like, all right, he's about to be the guy. Here's his big first like stage for the fight and first round knockout.
1: Right. You know, but also, you know, I, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because of the injuries that that happens. So I, I think that
0: uh he, gets the, benefit, he think, gets the benefit of the doubt if he comes back and wins this weekend. That's all he has to do.
1: That's you're right. That is all he has to do. Um
0: yeah, sketchy. I uh, expect
1: you to go undefeated. I know, but yeah, that's true. I, I agree though. I think Almedia Almedia man, one and four. That's that's hard. I I don't uh I don't remember any fighter coming back from four losses and just like being who he used to be. So I mean I it'll be a good fight either way. It, both both fighters have a lot to prove and that and that gives a, a a really good fight. So I'm I'm excited. It's not my you know, I'm I'm just in on O'Malley though. I'm 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 in O'Malley's corner for that
0: for sure. O'Malley rules. O'Malley's yeah, just a man. He's just so much fun to watch, and he's he's a great fighter. And yeah, we're I'm I'm expecting and and think that we will see a a more vintage fight from O'Malley than than what we saw last time. Uh, another big matchup before the uh, before the title fight is has another fighter that has been struggling certainly. Tyrone Woodley uh, need him to bounce back with himself. Three straight losses. He's going up against Vicente Luque, um, currently fighting some of his best in his career, really. You know, it, Woodley's losing streak, it, it, it does come not with an asterisk, but but with some understanding because of who it's been against. It, it's been, you know, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, Gil, Gilbert Burns, the, some of the best fighters in, in the division. But it, it, he clearly has, has lost a bit himself. Um, and, and like I said, Vicente. I think he's fighting as well as he ever has. He's got some great striking ability. We know Tyrone Woodley is susceptible to somebody with, with the ability to, to knock somebody out. So I I wanted to pick Woodley, but I, I just don't he's just not quite the fighter I think he used to be. And and I think also, like I said, I, I just think Vicente is is a fighter that's really finding himself.
1: Yeah, I, I think Luke's height and reach is also like a bad match up for Tyrone Woodley. So again, I you're right. Like his you know, his re- his recent his recent record is not like an indication of him being a bad fighter. It's just been some bad matchup luck. And I think it continues to be that. Um I wanna believe in Woodley, but I, I also just think it's a little bit of a Mitch match. I mean, Luke is so much better at significant strike percentage, I just I just don't see Tyron like being able to do what he wants to do with this fight. So uh I have Luke winning as well. Um and for Tyron Woodley, I mean how much longer we see him? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true, and it's, and that's always. I mean, it's a recurring storyline in in the combat sport of of the kind of aging old champion um, and going up against the guy who in Luque who's trying to make his rise in the in, in the weight class. Most of the time, you see the guys on the rise get the wins. We'll see if Woodley can can turn that around. All right, Jan, it's the big one, the rematch. Francis Ngannou. Stipe Miocic. I wish Stipe had a a good nickname for me to call him, but of course he's just Stipe Miocic and then Francis Ngannou is the predator. But uh, it it should be an absolute battle in the octagon, both vying for the heavyweight title. We've talked about it before, how vicious Ngannou has been. Four straight wins by first round KO with only one of those even going longer than a minute. You step in the octagon, the fight starts, Ngannou has already basically knocked you out. Stipe, meanwhile, conquering the challenge that was Daniel Cormier, uh, really start. I think you know helped even build his legacy more as being the greatest heavyweight and maybe one of the greatest fighters ever. Um, I'm going with Stipe. We, we've kind of talked about it before. I, I just think Stipe is is such a smart fighter uh, and a guy who who likes wrestling, who likes grappling, and and will just do that for five rounds and, and make it tough on Francis and never let Francis have the ability to knock him out because if you give him that chance, he will take it. Um, so I, I just think Stipe will be a lot smarter in his defense. And Stipe is such a good fighter where he can be defending and and you know keeping Nganu away from hurting him while also still getting the damage. So I got Stipe. But the, the thing about a fight like this, particularly when you're talking heavyweight, it takes one good punch, one good shot from either of these guys and the other one's done like I, one of these guys could be dominating for four rounds and then boom like that the, the other dude could can, can end it so i'm going steep A, but uh I'm, I, who knows i'm excited though i i, I i'm I'm, a, I'm especially excited that Ingano has gotten this chance again um because that was a tough loss and, and then he he suffered another loss after that and and for him to be coming back with a vengeance like this has been impressive
1: yeah i mean <sighs> You know, and, and it, like we talked about this last time, too, with Miocic, it's about like, you know, if his, if it's a loss, is it the last? You know, it's, it becomes that, that's how significant it becomes. So, um, you know what I think, Stipe Miocic is a legend, but Francis Ngannou is now. I think Ngannou sends Miocic into retirement through knockout. I don't think it'll be in the first minute like Ngannou's used to. I think Miocic will start the fight off, like you said, smart and well. But I just think Nganu's had got too much to prove and it's been is just far too hot with those strikes. So I think it's it, man. I think this weekend we see Francis Nganu, you know, beat that hump. And I think we see Steve Mirchic say goodbye to the sport. So we got a lot to we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week.
0: Yes, we will. We'll have a lot to talk about no matter what happens, because either it's you know, no matter no matter who wins this fight, we expect the the winner to take on Bones Jones and uh, I, I think it, Regardless of who it is, maybe more so if it's Stipe, but regardless, that will be a fight that that certainly has even more. I mean, we have, we say it every fight, but 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 another fight that has those implications of of a legacy builder. Um, we saw the wonderful Izzy Adesanya fail at, at that kind of legacy building win. This is a big one for both these guys, but should be a, should be a blast. Should be a, a, some good battles in the octagon, um, and we will certainly be talking about all the action that happens there. It's a busy weekend, Jan, because now we got to go back to talk about more basketball. We've got USC 260. We got basketball at the Wazoo. Let's go to the South region. Oral Roberts, stand up, the biggest upset of the tourney. Then following it up with another, like even a 15 over to seven is a huge upset. That's like, that's eight different seed lines. Followed up with that big win over Florida. They become the second 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16. Um, Joining Florida Gulf Coast, who I believe Florida Gulf Coast was in the the top right bracket as well. So I guess that's where you want to be as a 15 seed. They got Villanova joining them. Both of us, particularly me, uh, been doubters of Villanova all year. And um, but the, the app that went through Went up got through North Texas, who was certainly a hot team. And then Baylor and Arkansas being there as well, doing what they needed to do. What are your insights on the South region, Jan?
1: Well, you know, Oral Roberts is such a great story. And I still, despite their great story, I have to say, they're only my second favorite Cinderella story of this region because Villanova, I mean, I just, I had no hope whatsoever. I had zero faith in you. For real. Congratulations. I mean, I had a feeling
0: you beat, like. You beat a 12 seed and a 13 seed. You guys did it. You're back.
1: I, I mean, wow, you guys are absolutely back. And it's good to see. I'm happy for you. Um, congratulations. So my favorite Cinderella story. No, I mean, I think the big region story here is the downfall of the big 10. I mean, it really did happen in this region. You had Purdue losing, you had Wisconsin not being able to overcome, and you had Ohio State missing out, obviously, early on. Um, so I think here you saw the big 10 really crumble. Uh, so that was a big story, but
0: Wisconsin, yeah, I, though, I mean, got that nice win against North Carolina. I mean, Wisconsin is not supposed to beat Baylor and beat the shit out of North Carolina. So I Wisconsin did, did with pretty good, I would say.
1: No, yeah, I, I I mean less about like performance and more about you had three Big Ten teams and none of them made it to the Sweet Sixteen. That's more of what I mean. Um, yeah, I mean you know they did well against UNC. I also UNC, you know, eh. um, but yeah, I mean it also like Wisconsin just like they should have been so much better. I just remember you know like they should have been so much better. Oh, yeah. at Baylor
0: on the year they certainly should have, but
1: right and Baylor. I know they weren't supposed to beat Baylor, but I was I was hoping they'd get a little more of a challenge in, and they really didn't. So
0: Baylor's Baylor's been the second best. Gonzaga- this is what this weekend has shown us. Baylor and Gonzaga are the best teams in the country and they still are. And it doesn't matter how much madness occurs. The best teams in the country are going to get through.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, we'll talk about it. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. Our picks, um, but, yeah, I I, I really – I, I want to give a shout-out. I'll, I'll just go to the best player section. I want to give a shout-out to Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, we asked who was going to pick up the slack for Connor Gillespie. You know, we thought Villanova just doesn't have a scorer, and 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 he's been great. I mean, his first game, he went 22-11-6 and six, uh, in game one, scored 18 in game two. Granted, not against the best opposition, but Villanova's in a sweet 16, and that's all that matters uh, at the end of the day. So they have a shot to uh, – they have a shot to progress even further, and uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a big reason. So he's he's my best player, not because he's the best player in the in the in the side. Of course, Jared Butler is the best player in the side. But again, Jared Butler doesn't even need to be good because they got Macy O'Teague and Dave Mitchell, and they got everybody else on that team that scores a million points. So I, I'm I'm giving someone else some love because I'll be talking about Jared Butler later in this tournament anyway.
0: Yeah, well, um, and Butler Butler or, and Baylor just as themselves like they kind of. They do it by, by committee most of the time anyway. And it's it, it's like what we said about Michigan and, and Alabama. Most of the time when you're playing team like lesser teams than you, you probably don't need a guy to step up um, as much. And uh, as we saw with the Iowa Hawkeyes, just because you have one player going off for you, does not mean you're going to win. Um, I actually saw a, a stat like after the Hawkeyes lost that five, eventual champions haven't had a player in the top – certain amount of points per, per game in, like, forever. Um, so it is a team game, as they say. My best player, I'm going Kevin Abenor for Earl Roberts. Mac Ab- Max Absmiths got most of the love this season. Uh I was just talking about high scores. He was the highest scorer in the country this year. But Obanor, then that dude in this tourney, led the team in scoring in both games, 29 and 30 points, uh, and made big shot after big shot against Ohio State. Uh, especially in overtime, whenever they needed a bucket, if it, if it was a three, if it was a tough shot down low, this dude went and got it, showed no fear, um, and and made the kind of you know those Campbell Walker esque sort of plays that that you need to to pull off upsets like that. So, my best player is Kevin Obenor. That's our that's our first best player disagreement. All right, Jan, give me your picks.
1: All right, I mean Villanova, you've done a good job, and now your your reward is. Yeah, play Baylor. So <laughs> congratulations for making it this far. Baylor will destroy you. Um, ooh, I, I, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that in a sec. Arkansas um, will end Oral Roberts' run. I think Arkansas has played a really good tournament. I think Oral Roberts, like I said, really, really great. I just don't see a 15 seed going to the Elite Eight. It's not what I see. Um, so I, I I, doubt that one. Um, and... And I think Arkansas will give Baylor more of a challenge than people think. Uh, but at the end of the day, the bears will make the final four um, to face Loyola Chicago uh, in what will be, a, I think, a road to the final for them. So I, uh, I, I have Baylor coming out of this region.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's like you said, Arkansas, Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts being here is, is phenomenal. Um, but they, Eventually you run out of magic and and this is an Arkansas team that that is playing really confidently right now. And then, like I said, I mean, Baylor's all year been one of the best teams that isn't changing now. They're too good offensively. They're too good defensively. Um, And and I just think that everything that Villanova's good at, Baylor's better. Um, So I got Baylor going through Villanova. I got Arkansas winning and then I agreed with you. I, I, again, it just it's just Bay- Dave, Baylor's defense, Baylor's offense, Baylor's experience. Baylor, like you look at the Baylor Bears, and you're like, man, you check off every single box that I want in a tournament champion. Um, so I got, and, and I picked the Bears the first time, so I'm not changing now.
1: Yeah, no reason to. They haven't given you a reason. Um, also, I want to talk about some NBA trade news. Lou Williams traded for Rajon Rondo, a straight swap from the Hawks to the Clippers. So there is an NBA trade that happened that popped up on my phone. That hasn't, so, that
0: hasn't been that hasn't been confirmed yet, has it? Last time I had, saw, they were they were they're figuring out details, trying to get it done, right? Right. So. Uh,
1: I I got like a little alert thing, so maybe maybe I got a, maybe I have a site that's that's trying to.
0: I'm watching. I'm watching. It. I'm watching Woj talk about it right now live. And, and he he's tweeted. Saying,
1: five, he tweeted five minutes ago. So about it. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that it, um, that it's confirmed. He said Hawks are trading Rajon Rondo to the Clippers for Lou Williams. Sources tell ESPN.
0: And here so, he was just saying that they're talking about doing it. What a dumb trade for both teams. Yeah, mind, I don't what know. A, how, what a meaningless trade!
1: Right, exactly. I was hoping for something better than that, but not, not. Apparently,
0: neither as team always, wants. To get as better. always, the NBA trade deadline is so, and it's. I mean, I get it. It's not baseball. There's the prospects and all that. It's different, but I just always want it to be more exciting than it is. But it's you know, you forget the financial parts of it and all that other bullshit. All right, let's get back to the tourney. the West region. I wish we had more good news. There's some good news for some people. Creighton making their first Sweet 16 in 47 years. They're going to meet, of course, the title favorite Zags. And then down below, it's Pac-12 showing the strength. The seven-seeded Ducks upsetting our Hawks. And USC giving Kansas its third-largest loss ever. Not even just in the NCAA tournament. Just in general, third-largest loss. So uh, absolute dominance from USC. Really a great performance out of Oregon. And, and good for Creighton and, you know, Gonzaga, of course. If Gonzaga wasn't there right now, that's all we would be talking about. We wouldn't talk about a, a single other game.
1: Yeah. I uh, – what what do I say? I mean, heartbreak. Gutted. Ugh. Like, it's been – it's on, on my mind the last couple of days for sure. And, um, oh, it just sucks. It just sucks. And um, to not at least make that sweet 16 run – um, and really it was just the end of the first half that killed us. I mean, if the end of the first half had been five rather than ten points, a swing like that, we could have won. But it was just too much to overcome. And uh Oregon played really well. Like props to them. They literally couldn't miss. I I was as soon as they started hitting threes like that, I was like, Yeah, they're not missing. This is not gonna go well. This is not gonna go well, they're not missing. Uh, and when you don't miss, you usually win like that.
0: Well, we talked about matchups too. Oregon was a horrible matchup for us because while they don't have a ton of size down low, they they have a pretty large team in general. They have a really, really quick team. Their guards can penetrate, their guards can shoot. And so they were torching our guards so much in the penetration that then Fran had to go to zone because we couldn't stop them from driving into layups. So then they were getting wide open threes uh, and, and then their big guys are more of that modern NBA big guy where, yeah, they're not seven feet like, you know, Luka Garza. They're not quite as big as Luka Garza, but they are long and they can jump out of the gym. And so they are still able to, you know, have have a pretty effective defense. Obviously, you still got 36 points, but the team as a whole, not incredibly great. Mostly, you know, it, it was, what sucks, in my opinion, is halfway through the year, we were like, we're not going to do anything unless we start playing defense. And then it looked like the team actually had committed to play defense and none, none by the Hawks. Um, And yeah, it's, it's tough. It was uh, a sweet 16 run is, they've been there once in our lifetime, Jan. And I would, I would really love to see them do it again Um, and, and, and do it again where we're both not, you know, like children with memories. Last time they did it when I was six. So If I can't remember my golden birthday when I was five, how am I supposed to remember that sweet 16 run? (laughs) But yeah, tough one there. You do have to commend (laughs) Oregon. Obviously got to commend USC. Um, Best player in the region so far for me, Isaiah Mobley, uh, the younger brother or the the older brother, pardon me, of Evan Mobley. Not quite to love uh, as his his brother because he's just not quite that NBA prospect. He's a little little smaller, not quite as long, not quite as – much of a quick jump uh in those kind of big time NBA attributes that Evan has but Isaiah a really really good player he's been their leading scorer in the tournament so far um and just it's just an effective offensive game and i think that's what can make USC really tough because Evan Mobley gets so much of the attention and and can be so dominant down low um that they they do have those other guys that that are able to then take advantage of the defense
1: yeah, I mean Isaiah Mobley was my second pick for this. I'm still going Evan Mobley. He's hit two straight double doubles in USC's run. Um, while he's not been their leading scorer, I think he's doing what he needs to do on the boards, and I think that you know he's got great potential going into um, this matchup with Oregon. I, I you know I I think that. Um, also, can I just say really quick, Creighton hits fire now? Now that's so annoying. Come on. Like, you've sucked all season. I'm so mad about that. But good for them. They're like, Marcus Sidorowski. You tennis. gotta do it.
0: You gotta do it when it matters.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, found, been found it. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, I think, and here's the thing: I would put Gonzalez, I I I was, you know, wanted to put Drew Timmy, wanted to put Corey Kispert they traded amazing games. So like you know, the, the other played tra- ter- ter- not terrible. They just didn't do much when the other was on fire. So it's hard to put them here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm putting Evan Mobley. I think the Mobley brothers as a package are my best player, uh, really. So yeah, I, that's, that's what great. I would say. Um, but, uh, but if we're doing packages, then Corey Kisper drew Timmy is a better package. So I guess that's not fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we'll see what USA can do here. Uh, i don't have too much hope but i have more hope than i did when this tournament started that someone else would get out of this region
0: yeah i think i mean who's let's let's get to your picks then if if, if that's the case tell me who tell me who you got i assume you're going to take Gonzaga in the first one i'm interested to see uh your thoughts on on who they'll meet in, in that matchup
1: Right, I mean Gonzaga's going to brush past Creighton easily. That game might be a blowout. That game Creighton might never want to come back to the NCAA tournament with that. Have they have game. they, have they set the think.
0: over Have they set the over under on that one? That's got to be high as shit, right? Let's check. It's like the, it's uh, like the Iowa. It's like the Iowa Gonzaga game. Like neither of these teams are, are really defensive like, prowess. Right. It's a
1: minus thirteen. It's a thirteen point. It's a thirteen point. Is what I'm saying.
0: What's that? Yeah. I mean, the points over-under, if they've set that yet. 158. 158? Damn.
1: Damn. That yeah, really that's... Cool. Uh,
0: I think I would take that. I would take I think, that, yeah. Gonzaga's going to score like 100. Creighton's going to score like 85. They're going to blow. Each there team just go. needs to score 80, and you get 158. They're They're going to have 80 at halftime.
1: Oh, boy. Um. But, yeah, I definitely think Gonzaga's going to brush past Creighton. I'm going to say... I, I just, I, I like this Oregon team. I liked what they did. I think they've got a lot of confidence and swagger. So I'm going to say Oregon beats USC. I think USC's defensive troubles that it had in the past might resurface here. Also, Oregon knows USC. Um, you know, they played them before. So I think that will help them. Uh, and I think, you know. Couldn't, Gonzaga, couldn't you say the
0: same for, for <laughs> wouldn't that point right. be true for either team?
1: It is true for both teams, but in, in, in a case where I'm talking about or someone playing USC and, and beating them, I'm, I give it to Oregon here. So, I'm making a point. It's not false. It's just not, not disproving another point, all right?
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be a really fun game. I'm, I'm really excited for that game, Oregon-USC. Um Yeah, I mean, either team can win. That's a real toss-up for me. I just, you know what it is? I watched Oregon just decimate us, and I'm just like, I hope that they make it far, that it was just like a sense of Oregon so good this year, uh, more than we expected them to be. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't think Gonzaga is going to, you know, get eliminated. I think they have far too many things. Um, It's kind of like, oh, Corey Kispert. Let's say Corey Kispert you know, gets injured halfway through the game and Drew Timmy can't find a shot. Well, darn, then Jalen Suggs is just gonna score 30 and beat them. Like I it's yeah. it's unbelievable the talent they have. So Nim hard think-
0: will step up and score for a bit. Joel Jai like it Right. They they just have too much.
1: Yeah, so Gonzaga might get tested, but they win, uh, and they face off against Alabama, kinda like Baylor on a
0: road to the final. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I have Gonzaga. I am I am going to take USC in the second one, and and their one matchup this year, USC won 72-58 at home. It was probably not even as close as that. To be fair to Oregon, that game was like the perfect game for USC. They did no wrong, but I, I just think USC is is the better team, talent wise, and I think mostly that comes down to Evan Mobley. I, I think he his athleticism, it, it, and and we saw them already have struggled with with a a good center uh, against Garza. So I got USC taking down Oregon. And then I I think USC could be a challenge for Gonzaga for a bit because of of the the size, the athleticism, the skill set that they have. Um, Like I've said a couple times before, I I believe they're the tallest team in the country. But Gonzaga is just – Gonzaga is the best team in the country. They are. And, uh, like, I think this – weekend has proven that even more of just how good Baylor and Gonzaga are. Um and so yeah, I got I got the Zags beating USC, making the final four. So my, my final four now is Gonzaga, Florida State, Baylor, Syracuse. The only change being Syracuse from West Virginia. Uh which, you know, that's that's what you get at Syracuse. You knock out my team, you you uh, get to uh you gotta be my final four pick. Um uh, but yeah, you know the the hardest part of Monday's loss was certainly knowing it was the last time we get to watch Luca Garza in a Hawkeye jersey. Uh, of course, I wanted to make the Sweet 16, but mostly I, I will just miss watching him. I never dreamed – I've been an Iowa basketball fan, fan my entire life. We have been bad more than we've been good, and even when we've been good, we haven't been that good. I, I've never dreamed that Iowa would have a player like this. Breaking Roy's record, two-time Big Ten player of the year, only, only third person ever do that two-time All-American, soon to win a lot of National Player of the Year awards. And, and I think, too, like sports really is always about who you're enjoying it, it, it all with. So that's that's the sad part of not being able to watch Luca too, that that I won't be able to watch so many other great games with with friends, with family, you and I, and Akiva going out Saturday and, and getting to watch him and cheer him on and, and just have a blast watching him play basketball. Uh, for me, even when my dad and I got to go see him and the Hawkeyes play at MSG at the Big Ten tournament. So that's that's the biggest thing I'll, I'll miss is, is having a, a guy that was just so much fun and getting to share that with Hawkeye and basketball fans, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, just the hard work that he put on the court and then, like, watching that translate into being the best player, really satisfying always to watch such a – you know, I almost got in a fight with someone over Luka Garza at the bar. He's about to hit, <laughs> hit someone for – Yeah, for how do you to,
0: not like Luka Garza?
1: I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's heartbreaking to see that his career ended this way. I'm very mad at Iowa as an organization. I, I just they didn't get the right pieces around him and that's it. You know, in college, you know, you, you don't you only get so much time. Um
0: Yeah. Which is tough. You're, I'm like, not saying I like how like it's not like a, in another thing where it's like, Oh wait, we found we have the best player in the world. Let's flip through like right. Your roster is what your roster is ninety percent of the time in in college basketball. I I will say to your point, maybe I, I would have loved to see us be more aggressive in like finding like grad transfers that could have been like really impactful this year. Um, in, in a year where we had a lot of chance, but same time with so much depth and and such, it it would have been tough. It sucks. I mean, that's yeah. college sport, right? It sucks. Yeah, because because
1: especially when you're, you know. When you have these players, you—if you don't win them, then you don't know when the next time's coming. So we—I can only hope that Luca Garza has set the stage for the next Iowa star to come through, and—and um, and maybe that Iowa star was watching him, you know, like us, somewhere at a bar, uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, they are inspired to—to to make the next leap. And uh, you know, when we make that next Sweet Sixteen, Luka Garza will be there cheering us on, and that's all we can hope for. And I wish him the best in whatever. In whatever he does, whatever his career brings him, if he's a real estate agent, hail! Hey, I'll I'll buy a house from him. I don't care. Like I I I admire that man. kidding me? You know, of course. You know I would
0: do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, but it, who's your realtor? Oh, Luca Garza, the Iowa basketball player. Yeah, there like, oh, Yeah, mine's just my buddy's wife. I, yeah, damn.
1: I mean. No one will work harder for you in real estate than Luca Garza. Let me tell you, he's running up and down those halls checking things for you with his with his dinosaur arms. Cha- tell you. Cha-
0: he'll change lights. Oh,
1: yeah, look there at you
0: that. go. Yeah, no, but truly what truly one of the best. He's been a great player. There will, there will never be another like him. So thank you, 55, for your time in a Hawkeye jersey. Yeah, it is time to cool down. Oh, yeah. Before we begin this cool down section, I would like to also wish my cousin Emma King a happy birthday today. Um, one of my favorite cousins. I probably shouldn't say that aloud, but I guess most of my cousins are my favorite cousins. I don't really, I don't really have a hierarchy, so I, I like y'all, um, <laughs> except the ones I don't like. <laughs> I'll let you all marinate on that Think about bit. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. Spring break happening right now. I actually got when I was flying back to New York. I got like very nostalgic for spring break because I saw all the little like spring break groups. I was also like, I don't know if you guys should be going on this trip, but I wasn't. I'm you know I was thinking more back in the day when I went to spring break and went with the nostalgic thinking. So give me a, a just a good spring break memory. It doesn't have to be a big trip anyway. Anything you want from from spring break back in the day.
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, spring break was always weird for me because, you know, my birthday was always kind of during spring break. So I was kind of like, oh, you know, that's, that's the celebration and I'll do something fun for that. But uh, I remember like my junior year of college, I was so busy with so many shows and, and, and you know, thankfully so in class. And I never was able to go out with friend like my, my four buddies who I lived with, none of them were in theater. So they were all free nights, you know, and they all went out all the time. Um, but that spring break, no one went anywhere and we were all just still together. So it was just a week of me getting to make up being in Iowa city in the nice weather, um, you know, and, and enjoying Iowa city life. So that was really nice. It was a little less crowded. So you got to enjoy things a little more, but it was still kind of nuts. Um, and yeah, so it was just like enjoying Iowa city in, in the, in the spring and having that time to enjoy Iowa city, which I didn't have normal, like during normal hours. <laughs>
0: That is, that is the truth. God, that is the truth. Like seven to 11, any night. Uh, Nope. Nope. Won't, won't be there. Nope. Sorry. We're not this weekend. No, no. I'm, I'm there even longer. All damn day.
1: So All I, day. Don't, don't You're there from to to 11 TV to 11. If I'm
0: lucky. Yeah. <laughs> if I get cut in. Oh um, yeah, that is the truth. I was, I was tempted to go with just like the, the you know, senior spring break. Um, memory. but if i you know, if I wanted to really dive down that, we could we could poof, get into some some stories. So one year, my mom and like two of my aunts took about like about like ten of our us cousins down to Disney World and Universal Studios. And it was like the best time ever in the world because it was just like of this massive group of of all my little cousins who like are not all my little cousins, some of them were older than me, but all of us cousins, and who we've always been like more like siblings um so it it was a blast and i had been there a couple of times before but like two of my cousins that i was closest to hadn't so getting to see them like experience it all for the first time was super fun so can't remember how old i was then probably like 13 but it's a good time the the big old big old cousin trip down to orlando
1: there you go oh i wish my cousins lived in in the states we would we would have fun but uh no i it's that's that sounds amazing so happy for you spring break hell yeah
0: my cousins don't live in the states. My cousins live in a state. Okay, you know what? No, I, that's more just in the It's that, more just a joke of how all I all my cousins just live in Iowa.
1: Hey, that's cool too. That's cool too. I I got all, my, I I all it.
0: my cousins. All my cousins on my mom's side currently live in Iowa.
1: Yeah, that's true. The 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 Smiths are. Uh, well, what's your Emma and.
0: Yeah. E- Says she wants to move to Hawaii, so get your ass to Hawaii. All get right, got it. It's time for quick fire questions. Ooh! turn up the who is your NBA MVP right now? Oof, we're doing an NBA MVP check. NBA
1: MVP, I mean, NBA MVP. Hmm, I. I don't know. This is I'm I'm a little stuck. Let me think. I want to go I'm going to go I don't know that there's a clear MVP choice right now. So that's kind of that that's kind of crazy, but I'm going to go Nikola Jokic. I love Nikola Jokic. I think
0: that because Bet, betting-wise, betting-wise he's the clear one. He is he is uh easily the favorite right now.
1: There you go. Well, I I had a feeling cuz you know what? I can't think of anyone else that would be clearly above him and he's had such I mean, you forget how good his seasons are because every single game he plays, is he's just a baller. So, uh, yeah, Nikola Jokic, uh, you're you're winning MVP, and I bet you're going to have the funniest acceptance speech. So I'm excited.
0: I just want Harden to be in the. I like. I'm. I just don't get how he's not a part of the MVP race yet. The dude has been he's playing not? insane. Not really. Like okay, still, interesting. He's still like on the outside looking in, and I don't like get it i think how many more how many games does he have to play with brooklyn and and impact brooklyn's season for him to finally be like okay yep he can be an mvp candidate because he's the reason they're the two seed playing really really well right now and it's kind of upsetting me that he's not like i he would be my favorite for the mvp right now but uh i just wanted to get some love all right we know the dodgers are the favorite in the national league who is coming out of the American League this year? Uh, oh, boy. I don't know. I mean,
1: the Boston Red Sox. No. Um, I think uh, out of the AL. Who's coming out of the AL? You know what? I think it's only a matter of time until the Yankees figure their shit out. So I'm going to say the New York Yankees. They've been knocking on the door the last three years. They have so much talent. It hasn't worked out for them yet. Um but I think the AL is wide open, and I think they got the talent to do it. They got a great pitching rotation. They still got some stuff to figure out in terms of injury problems. But I'm gonna go with the New York Yankees, and we get to see our we get to see our team in the World Series, baby.
0: Go Yanks, baby! That that perfectly in- encapsulates the Yankees. It's like eventually they have to figure this shit out, right? Like they've had the most talented roster in the AL the last three years probably maybe maybe two i but like they are filled with talent you're just like okay when when are you gonna do this so i i agree with like smart money you kind of just have to be like okay yankees eventually it's gonna happen um and a yankees a yankees dodgers world series would be kind of fun like as frustrating as new york la can be it also is like you do love those big market matchups. They they're they're just entertaining. Okay, last question. We talked about coaching carousel. I mentioned Porter Moser, uh, Eric Musselman, Nate Oates. Even will anyone still coaching in the tourney leave their job? You know, even a, a guy, you know, Oral Roberts coach. I'm blanking on his name right now, but like, a, even one of those mid majors that that have made a run. Do you see any of these 16 head coaches moving on to a new destination next year?
1: Some for some people. Yes. I think Dan Altman will leave. I, I, I stick with that. I don't, I, I I can't believe
0: you think Dana Altman's going to go to Marquette.
1: I don't, not that he's, I, again, he could go somewhere else, but I, where the hell is he going to go? go? Indiana.
0: What about that? Indiana. I get Indiana could be the step up.
1: Right. I, I, you know, maybe Indiana. I think that the Oral Roberts coach will leave because Oral Roberts ain't going anywhere next year. So he's going to get a better job for taking them that far. Um, you know, obviously, J- Jim Boham's not going to leave. And obviously, like, uh, you know, Gonzaga's coach not going to leave. Baylor's coach not going to leave. I'm trying to think if I – so my answer is yes. Someone coaching in the in the, in the tournament yeah, I will saying, not have a coach. Have and, I think, and, I, and I think it's Dan Altman. So <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I players, like I don't even play. know. If, I don't even know if Dana Altman's going to be coaching basketball next year, but I know he will not be the head coach of the Oregon Ducks.
1: I I have more faith in Dan Altman will be the general manager of the New York Yankees and their World Series bid. Dana,
0: Dana Altman is getting into realty. Oh no, that's already Lucas Garcia. He's getting he's no. getting into an insurance. He's getting into the insurance game. He's a, he's an insurance guy. Yeah, Altman for Allstate. There you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Dana Altman, finally leaving Oregon. He built them up to be so good. And now he leaves. UCLA should have hired Dana Altman. All right, Jan. You can get off the hot seat. You have made it. Our listeners have made it through another episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoyed yourselves today. Um, Hopefully, everybody's staying safe still with everything going on. We do want to send... Our, our best and our love to the cities of Boulder and Atlanta. Um, certainly heartbreaking things that occurred there this week. And, and we hope that change is on on the, the horizon. Yon, um, do you have anything else to send the lovely people off with?
1: No, you know, just uh, stay safe out there. Enjoy the nice weather and live your life the way that you want to live it. Cheers, y'all.